We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Brunch Talk friends, welcome to this week's episode of Brunch Talk. Hope you all are eating something yummy or drinking something delicious. And we're back for another rendition where we answer your burning dating questions, whatever that may be. And boy, do they keep coming in. You know, I feel like we always think that we have answered all of them, but there's always a new one and we appreciate it. So keep sending them through at Datable Podcast on Instagram, hello at datablepodcast.com. Um, any method to get these brunch talk questions. We also love when we start to see themes arise. So we've started to see this one that we'll go into today, different variations for a bit now. So we got one that we're like, this is the trigger. This is time to do it. Yes, this is such a great question. And I think it's good to maybe give a little disclaimer. We are able to answer all of your questions, not just based on personal experience, but also observations of the thousands of daters we've talked to and observed in the last almost seven years. So this is kind of backed in some sort of research. It's all in our heads, but we have observed it happen. And so we hope we can kind of crowdsource the answers for you. It's not just from our own personal experiences. Hope that is a good disclaimer mm-hmm. for this. Well, I mean, qualitative research, which I do in my day job, you only really yeah. need eight participants to start to see trends. And we've talked to way more than eight people, probably eight people at a minimum that have a certain scenario. There's so many in those thousands. So I do feel like there is a pretty good grasp of what's happening. And like you said, it's not just our personal experience, the Facebook group, the guests we've had, all the people that have come on to share their experiences. 
I met up with a friend I haven't seen in almost 10 years today for coffee. And he was kind of describing his previous relationship. And I was like, oh, she's that kind of personality. And that was this sort of relationship. And I don't want to go into details, but he was like, holy shit, you just diagnosed my relationship in two seconds. And I said, it's not magic. It's just because we hear the same evidence supporting what we've seen. So of course, we'll tell you what those patterns are. That's what happens when you've talked to so many people. Oh my God. One one of my best friends like complains about dating stuff. I'm like, are you looking to vent or do you want me to tell you what's Mm. going on? Because Mm -hmm. I know what you need to do different. (laughs) Seriously. It's like you do something that many, many other people do. And there is a huge blind spot that you do not see that is so apparent to anyone on the outside that's been thinking about this as long as we have. Julie, it is my dream to do another offshoot show called Tough Love, where people come on just to hear the truth. And we start the show with like two big slaps. (laughs) Welcome to Tough Love. (laughs) We get in drill sergeant mode, like, tell me what's going on. Okay, let me tell you what's up. (laughs) Did you ever see that show on VH1, Tough Love? There was a show back in the day. I love that show. Was it good? It was so good. It was really? like this guy that was like a matchmaker and he would just lay it down of what everyone was doing wrong. I don't even remember the dating coach's name, but it was like my favorite show back in the day, which I guess should have been a sign for things to come. Oh, can we bring it back except we host it? Yeah. That would be such a good show. We'll do a reboot. <laughs> oh my God. There's just things that we want to say so bad and we have to hold back because we're trying to be nice. But if you really want the truth, y'all, if anybody wants to sign up for this experiment, we can do our first pilot episode of Tough Love, Dateable Edition. I love it. We'll tell you exactly what's up. <laughs> so are you ready for some Tough Love today? I don't know if the listeners that wrote this question are ready for it, but we're here to give it. <laughs> This question is, do opposites really attract and how different is too different? We've gotten uh, many variations of this, but I'll read the latest one that came in and also kind of riff on a few other variations we've gotten. But this one said, I'm in a relationship with a great guy. He makes me feel wanted, respected, comfortable. I laugh with him, can sit in silence with him. He loves people and is so caring. Basically checks all the boxes personality wise. However, i I'm a Christian and he is still exploring his faith. We've also heard variations of I'm introverted, they're extroverted, they're super active, I'm more of a couch potato. There's all different variations of this. Pretty much do opposites attract. Yes. So the short of it is opposites do attract just because we love novelty. So we are very Mm -hmm. interested in people who are nothing like us. They create a sense of excitement for us. We feel like we're learning from them. So for instant attraction, opposites absolutely attract. But for a long lasting, healthy relationship, I believe opposites have to walk towards each other. So to lessen the gap of the differences and to learn from each other to, again, walk towards each other. doesn't mean that you have to take up your partner's hobbies, but it means the willingness to learn about them and to have the curiosity about what your partner's interested in. I don't think the exact same person will ever work in a relationship, but I don't think polar opposites who only want to stay on the opposite ends Mm -hmm. will work out either. I think it depends what is the opposite. Because I don't know, in this example that came in, the faith part, in some ways that's an opposite. Someone that believes in, like, has a high association to faith versus someone that 
that doesn't. But I almost feel like that goes to values more. And I think as long as your values are the same, and again, not saying that like this person, because one is religious, one is different, isn't. I think there's a huge spectrum of what religion means to you. How does that play into your lifestyle? All of that. But that would be more of what I'd want to know to decide if the opposite could attract. We often see the people that are, you know, life of the party, talkative, Being with someone that might be a little more reserved, that seems to balance well because that's less about lifestyle. It's less about values. It's more about just how they interact with the world in that regard. It's almost like you can't have two people that sit in silence and you can't have two people that are talking over each other. So that one actually merges well, in my opinion. Or like, for example, someone logical and someone more emotional, it can balance you out. But I think even like the lifestyle example, I think it's really hard if you're someone that wants to do extreme adventure sports and your Mm -hmm. partner never wants to do that. But again, there's a huge spectrum. Like how important is this in your life? Do you have other people to do this with? If you do it with other people, will you still feel fulfilled? Do you need this from your partner? These are all the questions to ask yourself. So I think it's less of a black and white but what is it that's the opposite? And what does this actually mean in terms of having a relationship with this person? There's this funny phenomenon that happens in early dating where we are attracted to qualities in a person that wouldn't actually work in a relationship. And I think we've given this example before. It's like, I don't ski, but oh my gosh, I'm so attracted to this guy who skis all the time. He's so adventurous. That's so fun. I'm very into that. But then when you're in a relationship with this person, they're gone three months of the year, like skiing, and I don't want to join them. That's not a sustainable relationship. I think that's when it's too different, like how different difference too different. That was a question. I think that's just too different when you have these lifestyle choices that don't make room for a relationship. But if I were the person that said, I love this guy who loves to ski, I don't ski, but I want to learn. I want to be there with him on the slopes. I want to take up all the lessons I can. That's a different scenario, right? Because both people, again, are walking towards the middle and kind of compromising in that lifestyle. Also, just like spending habits, that's Mm -hmm. a huge one, right? Like if you have someone who is a big spender, another person who's very frugal and saves. That's going to cause so much friction. How do you get around that? Maybe it works in the initial stages of a relationship, but long term, I've just never seen anything like that work out. We'll keep with the skiing example. I find this one interesting because I think it goes more to what is your values and how do you define a relationship? Mm. There's some people when they find their partner, they want to spend every minute with them. They want to do all the things together. And in that example, I agree with you. You either need to be on the same page or you need to be, you know, compromising. Maybe you don't ski, but you're down to go to the ski lodge and hang out. That's one thing. But then there's other people that don't need to be attached at the hip Mm -hmm. and they actually prefer having these times for independence. And in that case, maybe it works out just fine to have these different interests. So I think like interests, particularly, it's more about lifestyle and values than the actual interest. I actually don't Mm. think interests really matter in a relationship. That being said, you do need to like enjoy day to day life with someone. So again, that's more lifestyle. But I don't know, like, for instance, like my partner loves live music and bands and seeing concerts. That was never something I did before. But I always liked music. It wasn't like I hated music. So I think that's been really nice, because it gives you an opportunity to do things that maybe you weren't so motivated to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. But if I, you know, hated music, 
maybe he'd be okay going on his own because we have enough other foundational stuff that it doesn't matter. Those are kind of the things that I think it's hard to say yes or no for interests. Then again, there are probably different levels to the intensity of these interests. Like for example, you and your partner, your partner's not at music festivals every week. So when he does go, it's every once in a while and it doesn't hinder with your relationship. But if you are dating someone who's at a music festival, every weekend Mm -hmm. and you don't want to go all the time, that is not the extreme interest. Maybe that's what it is. The extreme interests almost have to be matching. Our friend Amy, who loves to run, runs like six to seven miles a day, met someone who also does the same. And it was the first time they actually met someone who had the same obsession with running. Maybe these like extreme interests, they can't be opposites. Well, I think it's when your interest becomes your lifestyle. If it's just an interest, Mm. you know, like when it's your lifestyle, that's your day to day. And I'm thinking about I have a friend that goes to music festivals all the time. She needs someone that likes that type of stuff. Yes. But yeah, if it's more of just a hobby, then it doesn't need to. So yeah, what's the extreme here? And then personality wise, I think actually opposites do attract dating a carbon copy of yourself. First of all, like, how boring is it to not learn anything new that you're just with someone that knows all the same things you know. So for your own growth and exploration, even ways of processing and thinking about things, it might in the moment, you're probably like, oh, I just wish this person thought identically to me. But I actually think that's what expands us. And if we really look at relationships as a form of growth, it's actually a good thing to be with someone different. Yes. And it's all about how you go about communicating those differences and bridging that gap. So in the same conversation I had with my friend today, he was telling me his previous relationship didn't work out because she had worked so much on herself that she felt that he wasn't doing the same. So she was like, I'm Mm. all the way up here and you haven't read the books I've read. You haven't done the work I've done. So you're less than me. So he was doing all of this because he felt the pressure to be at her level. Mm. But in a healthy relationship, there's not pressure, there's motivation. You are so motivated to grow with each other that you want to bring each other up instead of creating that distance of like, I'm better than you or your interests are not that interesting to me. So if we can be more cognizant in a relationship of the differences and how we communicate that, it does make it a lot less conflict-ridden. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M. 
H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to kind of go back to what else the listener wrote in. They list off a ton of great stuff. He makes me feel wanted, respected, comfortable. I laugh with him, sit in silence. He loves people and is so caring. I think with differences, we're often so fixated on what's not the same that we're bypassing all the qualities that we actually do share with this person. So I would say instead of looking at it as opposites, how can we look at it like what is similar about us? Mm-hmm. What is is just a difference in hobby or interest that doesn't ultimately matter in a relationship. And then what are the core differences? And can we get past those core differences? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be some difference, no matter who you're with, because you're not with yourself. But the question is, is that someone that you can still have a relationship that you want to have, that you're both on the same page of what you want out of life, your lifestyle, how you view each other, what a relationship means, all the stuff that ultimately matters. And know that it's constantly evolving. You don't just get in a relationship with someone and that's it. Your differences are out on the table and it never changes. It changes so much. And I think about my partner and I, when we first started dating, we were like, wow, we have the same level of interest in partying and going out. And that was fun. But now we have varying interests. I'd rather stay home or hang out with one or two friends a lot of the nights. But it's nice because when he goes out, I get that free time to myself or with my friends. Yes. Exactly. It's a difference that actually works in our favor when it was a commonality when we've started. That's why I think these interests don't matter because they change so much. The lifestyle, that is tricky because your thing was kind of a lifestyle piece too. And it's like, are we going to evolve together? Are we going to be different, but it still works? Like the example you gave. The reality is we're not going to know any of that. That's all like the future of how two people grow together. So I think instead of focusing like, is it bad that we're 
opposite. Can you make your differences work? That's all you really need to know. Maybe it's understanding that we're always going to be opposite, even if it's not the super apparent things. There's always going to be something that makes it feel different. And do we have enough good stuff, good foundations in our relationship that we can work through those differences or make those differences be beneficial? Celebrate the differences. If we can put that in a more positive light, then we will be more encouraged to be our own selves, to have our own identities. I think when you are different in a relationship, it means that you are very strong in your own individuality. So that's a good thing. But in the initial attraction, and this is what we hear with all y'all daters who are doing the first couple dates, is you say, oh, I feel chemistry or butterflies in my stomach because I've never dated anybody like this before. They're so different from the previous people. I think that's more of a fact rather than a judgment of how the relationship will be. It's just a fact. You're different. It doesn't mean that your relationship is going to be any better or worse. It's just stating the facts, okay? And we can only take it at face value. Yeah, I think it's such an important point that you just said, and that's why I want to reiterate it, is if you are feeling differences, that means that you have an identity. If there's Mm. no differences, then you've just merged with someone else. And that's just probably lack of understanding who you are ultimately. So there's that piece. But I want to also say that just being different, I think the kiss of death of differences, and this is kind of like what you were giving the example of with your friend, is treating someone like they're less than Mm -hmm. because they're different than you. I'm just going to use this example. I don't know if it's accurate, but I'm someone that is Christian. The example of the person that Mm -hmm. wrote it, not me. But my partner is not someone that practices religion. It can't Mm -hmm. be that they're wrong for doing that. And I'm not saying this person feels that way, but that's kind of the kiss of death of having differences when we judge someone when they're different than us. Yeah, that's never a good thing. And I've definitely done that before, but you're only judging each other on something that you had no control over. You had so many years of being strangers and all of a sudden you think you have the right to judge someone for the way they live their life and what their values are. How impossible does that sound, right? So I'm glad you brought that up because it's a common tendency for us to make these judgments when we do meet someone different. Celebrate the differences, know how to bridge the gap, and also know that in a relationship, it doesn't matter what the differences or similarities are. It's all about two people in a partnership and walking towards each other as opposed to walking away. Love that. Everyone's going to have differences. Just embrace them. Doesn't matter what they are. They're going to be there. (laughs) We just want to also embrace you all for sending in the questions. We say this time and time again, but we love getting these questions. It's also a way for us to work our brains (laughs) around the topics we've been talking about for so long. So again, you can send in those questions to hello at datablepodcast.com or DM us at datablepodcast on social media. So like Instagram or TikTok if you want. Keep them coming. Okay. Well, thanks again and we'll see you next week. Bye. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. 
Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.